What's up, everyone, and welcome to Project X Talk, an Xbox podcast, episode number 146, presented by Save the Game Media. I'm your host, Kevin, and on today's episode, we have new details about Avowed. Red Dead Redemption remaster is not really a remaster at all, and is a new Series X coming. We have all that and more, but first, let me introduce my co-host, Jam Pack Sam. How you doing, buddy? What's up, man? I am happy to be here once again. Doing very well. Uh, had a lot of games in the uh, in the log this week that I've been getting into, so excited to share more about that. But yeah, another week of cool gaming news. And once again, I don't think we have any of the uh, lawsuit legal legalities mm-hmm. ongoing. No one's trying to stop any mergers, so it's another good week of uh, of Xbox talk. Of actually talking about games. It's a it's a rare change of pace for for some i imagine out there that do uh some xbox podcast i don't know what they're doing they're no content to talk about the abk deal all right so they gotta they're scrambling it's great i was thinking about that in the gym this week because i used to listen to all the updates in the gym while i was on the treadmill or whatever and i'm like the entire first half of july was all this like it's going down in three hours here we go nothing radio silence for like three weeks that thing died uh, not the deal, but like discussion around it. It's uh, yeah, it was crazy to see that just go away. Yeah, yeah. Um, I imagine it'll pick back up when I think at the end of this month is uh, is the CMA's yeah. deadline. But we we got some time. I, at this point, I'm, I'm basically like, we're just gonna be like, it's done. It's confirmed. Let's talk about what games we're gonna play. But yeah. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to some some chatting today. Uh, avowed specifically. I know we're gonna get into that. But before we do. If you like this podcast, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube and rate us five star on all audio feeds. We're Apple, Spotify. We passed 50 on Spotify, so thank you so much for that. If you do rate us, you get entered to win that Starfield Premium Digital Del- uh, Deluxe Edition. Gets you that five-day early access. And if you like us and want to support us more, head over to patreon.com slash save the game media. Choose the tier that's right for you, like our current Patreon supporters. So thank you to Bucky Blue, Fabulous Brianna, Brianna's mom, Brianna's brother, Brianna's wife, Nikolai at night, Cypher, Primus, Brendan Myers, Marcus O'Neill, Lillian, Mimi J, The Snack Network, David Hotright, Dave Harp, the Xbox Expansion Pass, and Alpaca Tom. Thank you for your support. We appreciate each and every one of you. And I do want to give a heads up for any patrons listening. Um I have enabled the Spotify synchronizing feature on our Patreon. So what that allows you to do is if you are a patron and you're like, yo, this Patreon app sucks to listen to my podcast on and you prefer Spotify, you now can sync your account to your Patreon account and listen to all of our audio feed on Spotify. It'll be locked for everyone else. But if you're a patron, you get that content. It's like the RSS feed for the other audio feeds, but uh, Spotify doesn't let you do that. So they came up with this. but throwing it out there everyone hope that makes your life easier sam i think that's all the housekeeping we need to get out of the way so why don't we jump into what you've been playing this week so i actually was inspired by what you said that you were not into last week Uh, i know that you mentioned in passing i think dead space remake was one that was just not one that you vibed with earlier in the year is that right it was fine like i I, it was my first time playing dead space and i liked it i i'm not over there like oh it's the best survival horror game of all time or like you know people hold it up in such high regard including my brother who like absolutely loved it and has a hundred percent on like every single dead space game but i liked it it was fine yeah yeah i think that 
I think that maybe there was a little bit of hype towards the beginning of the year that blew it out of proportion a little bit because it is just a straight one-to-one remake. It is a beautiful looking game. Um, but all of that to say, whenever it came out in, I believe that was February, I played about two thirds of it and then I just put it down. Other stuff came out. Um, and so this week after hearing you talk about it and passing on the show or on social or something, I was like, you know what? it's time to go back and wrap that bad boy up. So uh, I went back, I finished Dead Space Remake, and I, I rolled credits on it. Really good time. And uh, it was just cool to see a game that I had played a couple of years ago via backward compatibility get a fresh coat of paint. Mm-hmm. And so I played Dead Space technically two times in the past two years with one of the original one, the remake. Uh, so now I'm hyped for potentially a Dead Space 2 remake if it does end up coming down the pike. Um, and then that directly led me into hey i should go back to the callisto protocol and and play yeah i was playing the final transmission dlc uh i think that dropped at the beginning of july if i remember correctly something like that yeah 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 but my girlfriend got me the callisto protocol collector's edition uh in march with the statue in it and it came with uh the dlc um season pass or whatever Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I had that downloaded and I was like, okay, it's time to go back and check it out. So I'm probably, I would estimate maybe halfway through it. Um, I don't know if anybody out there has played it or if you've played it, but I just unlocked the big hammer. So you lose your baton and then you're like, oh, my baton, what could be, what am I supposed to do now? And you find a huge hammer. Um, So I've been playing through that really good time. And then also the Halo Infinite Cyber Showdown 2 Uh, event is going on right now in halo infinite and it is the best event to date i am a huge Mm. fan of it uh and i I don't have enough good things to say about it just awesome free battle pass with tons of cool cosmetics and you don't feel like anything is behind a paywall but i'll admit i bought one of the bundles in the store just because like hey it looked cool i spend so much time in halo infinite i've got to support this small business that you know is microsoft yeah 343 (laughs) i i saw some uh saw some rumors that maybe some pve content was coming for multiplayer and then halo infinite which looked pretty intriguing like a a horror mode or horde mode excuse me uh king of the hill and and stuff like that so i'm uh it looked interesting and i don't know anything about this cyber showdown event is it it's, it's so cool. It's, a, it's number two they've had. I've, haven't they had yeah, one of these so was, Cyber Showdown 1 came out last year, and these are basically synthwave-themed events. And so yeah, I think I did I did Cyber Showdown 1. Yeah, so you unlocked like the little blue visor mm-hmm. thing and yep. all the, like the, the mohawk and things like that. So it's more of that. You've got like shoulder pads that you can buy, but the two things that I enjoy the most in the free battle pass are the charms. So there's a Halo Infinite pinball arcade machine from like the 80s that you can put on your gun, like a little keychain. And then there is a Halo Combat Evolved VHS tape that has like, it's like a VHS box with the Combat Evolved box art on it. I'm a sucker for a good charm, man. I'll grind through a battle pass to unlock a charm for a gun. So I've been loving getting back into that. That's awesome. I'm, I'm glad you're you're really knocking out some games uh, in the in the survival horror and then Halo. Yeah. Uh, like I said, uh, Dead Space liked it. I liked it. It was it was good. I know my my brother will be yelling at me after this podcast. Callisto. Um, I'm probably I'm never gonna play the DLC. I went and looked up what happened in the DLC though. So uh, I really, as we talked about last week, wish that game could have got a sequel. Maybe it's still coming in the pipeline at some point, but wasn't as bad as everyone said. 
Speaking of not as bad as everyone said, Sam, good transition there. Atlas Fallen, let me tell you. This game came out officially today, uh, but if you went to New Zealand, you could play yesterday. So reviews dropped. I think it's sitting at like a 68 on Open Critic right now. Let me just uh, let me just double check that. That's what it was, it was this morning. Yeah, yeah, 68 this morning with uh, 64 reviews. So it's it's kind of in the, a, a mid, as people would say, type of game but i've played almost five hours total of this game uh full co-op and i really am liking this game i'm having an absolute blast with atlas fallen um i think i wouldn't play this game if it wasn't co-op so that is my one caveat mm. like if i was i i would not pick this game up if you were a solo player like most of the fun i have is with the the co-op experience and like you can go and each do like your own like you have one quest pool but you can each go and do different quests or you can meet up and beat up enemies together and just a trans transversal and the combat is a lot of fun i think the story and the voice acting is dreadful like it is mm. bottom of the barrel but everything else about the game like the world and and the combat like i said really good experience so i'm having a great time with alice hall and this is exactly what i wanted it to be so whenever you say the you talk about the co-op element and you say that you can go both or you both can go off and do whatever you want, is it full? You can go wherever you want in the game or are you tethered to the other person while you're playing co-op to some degree? No. So you can as long as you don't try to advance the main like because there will be main story points where you have to do it together because it'll be like a cut scene or something. But if you just both want to go do a side quest, like you can be on one edge of the map and I can be at the other. Like you can go wherever you want and do whatever you want. There's what no like, oh, you're getting too far away. Like you can literally just go wherever you want. Yeah, I know that we were talking about it. I think in the XCP Discord, there was some discussion around Atlas Fallen. And I said that this is either going to be like a six or a seven, or I could easily see this being a nine or a 10 out of 10 because it visually, I, and I think this is what a lot of the reviews are saying, and you could probably agree with this or disagree, but uh, it's a beautiful looking game. And it's one of those showcase games. But at the same time, there's that double A level of jank where it's like, oh, there's there are some issues here that probably could have been better. Yeah, at, at parts, there's a lot of popping. Um, that's mm. one of the, like, for, for technical issues, I will say there's a lot of popping. But if you can look past that, it's a very fun game. Like, uh, and, and I saw, I forget who it was I was talking to, but they were put off by the aerial combat. And the aerial combat is some of the, like, I will go out of my way to fight in the air because I'll have this chain whip and you can latch onto an enemy and pull yourself towards it. And it, it's just so awesome. It's exactly what I was looking for. And I'm, I'm having an absolute blast with it. Like, I'm not a big open world guy, but I'm co-op open worlds will the way to get me into it. I tell you what. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I'm glad that it's uh, living up to your expectations. And I think that I, if Atlas Fallen had come out a year ago, we'd be having a different discussion, I think, right mm -hmm. now, because we're coming out in a year where there are so many good games that it makes the games that are like kind of mid seem less than mid, not to, not mm -hmm. to discredit what Atlas Fallen is and can be. But I mean, you're comparing it to a year that has Tears of the Kingdom, Diablo 4 and Baldur's Gate 3, all 
in a list of like 10. So yeah, it's uh, it's hard to compete with that. Yeah, I, I saw many comments like I'm not putting down Baldur's Gate for this. <laughs> like yeah. this is a wait for sale I, I've seen from a lot of people, which I think is completely fine. And I think the devs probably are more than okay with, with that uh, kind of mindset. I got it because I had a gift card and was interested in like co-op. And right now, like I'm not in Baldur's Gate. So this is the perfect experience while, while I'm waiting for like Sea of Stars and Starfield. Yeah, definitely. I think that there's a... I think you're doing with Atlas Fallen what I'm doing right now with the DLCs. Like, I've been playing Wolong. I've been playing these events in Halo Infinite, going back to Final Transmission. Summer has always been a DLC season for me. But you've got these AA games coming out, like Immortals of Avium would have been, had it mm -hmm. come out in July. It's kind of the... It's, it's the waiting room for the fall gaming season is what I see these games as. Yeah, that's, that's a good way to put it. And I, I also beat... I want to talk about this. I beat Trails in the Sky uh mostly on the rog ally i my girlfriend was sick all weekend so i had a lot of gaming time where i was like all right i'm i had it put out in my calendar because i like to do this i like to give myself little checkpoints where it's like have this chapter done by this and that's how i like get through games oh, okay. and trails in the sky i had penciled in like beat it before starfield comes out like one chapter a week I beat this game in literally one week, like 30 something hours because I was addicted and just playing it nonstop. I really love the story of Trails in the Sky, much like I do every Trails game. This was the first Trails game and the difficulty is absolute nonsense. The absolute, I cannot get over who designed this game. It was like, this is a fair fight. It's... <laughs> It isn't. The final boss took me over two hours. He had constant one-hit kill moves for, like, the whole party. The amount of times I had to click retry and, like, lower difficulty was absurd. It was not a fun experience for that combat, but the story made it worth it. Um, I said I wasn't going to go into the second chapter. I've been playing it on my lunch break on the ROG Ally, so I'm, like, an hour into that one. It's That's going to be... I'm going to chip away at it. I'm not going to burn myself out on rpgs uh right now because we do have sea of stars and sarco coming up so great game just frustrated by the stupid difficulty and so and this then, is the one that was in your pc library that you were like yes. yeah sure i'll throw it on the okay yeah, it, yeah you're yeah, jogging yeah. my memory now yeah all right well dang you grinded through that one then oh yes i did yes i did the <laughs> rog ally man is getting me getting me through i was watching I, I would just put on random shows and like sit there and i, I watched half of secret invasion one night while playing and i was nice. like this is this is a good time yeah that's awesome. um, i also tried out some some other games on the rog ally i was just looking for some like let's see what this thing can actually do you know handheld pc so i tried out this game called dead link which i got from um friends over at um oh what i can't uh, level one gaming over there they they provided me a code for that uh, a while ago and I, I didn't really like it it looked pretty good it was it's a roguelite though and i i'm not a fan of that genre so uh i tried out wolfenstein the new order on okay. the rog ally all right, all right pretty impressed i i had it running at a 1080p 60 which i was like wow this, this is uh it's it's from 2014 so it's not like top of the line but it's for a handheld gaming i was like yeah. this is this is pretty good i just i played a few hours and i was like i don't really like wolfenstein i think it's not i thought it would be more like doom where i'm just like shooting people and i was like right they're, they're trying to give me a story here and like narrate i don't really need that yeah i think that wolfenstein is an interesting one because 
it does a lot of things well, but it's not that Doom style shooter that we kind of grew up on or a lot of people grew up on. Even if you play like Doom 2016 and Doom Eternal, there's still a lot of running and gunning and it feels fast paced versus Wolfenstein, where it is more of kind of a typical campaign with like, you know, killing Nazis in it and that kind of thing. I still love Wolfenstein and can't wait for another one. But um, but yeah, that's interesting that it runs so well on the on the ally. That's neat. Mm-hmm. And then I was checking out Deadlink. I mean, it's got a cool vibe, like you said. But yeah, it does. Um, yeah I, I just don't know. It's hard to tell gameplay from looking at a couple of screenshots on Steam. But mm-hmm. man, you're putting that uh, the ally through its paces. That's good to see. You got a good range of like 2004 RPG all the way up to like 2010s shooter. So cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm like I'm trying to say I also booted up KO the kangaroo which came out last year it's a 3d platformer wasn't running the best on the ROG ally that was the first game where I wasn't very impressed I was I was I liked 720 30 and I don't know if it like needs more optimization to to run better like maybe some some messing with the RAM or whatever but right. I was pretty disappointed because it can go like it has a 120 cap but i couldn't get even 60 so that was yeah. a little weird especially because that game's not like a, a powerhouse yeah i would imagine the 120 is for games that are like either really old and or are like the basic like thomas was alone you oh, know yeah, the, stuff the, where the, it's the, just shapes yeah trails in the sky second chapter runs at uh 1080 120 yeah <laughs> like, like stuff like that <laughs> turn-based yeah. rpg what do i need 124 but yeah boot up a little poem and you'll really get that 120 <laughs> uh, frames per second I'm, i guarantee it clicking those pictures uh that's all i've been playing this week looking forward to playing some more uh, atlas fallen and uh checking out some more rog ally stuff but sam let's dive into the news because we have a good news week to talk about first up we got some new details about avowed so new details regarding obsidian's upcard upcoming rpg avowed have been revealed as a part of the part five of the obsidian 20th anniversary documentary we were given the following insights into the game's development Number one, Avowed had a co-op focus early in development. Studio head Fergus Urquhart said, quote, one of the things where I really pushed was that Avowed was going to be multiplayer, and I kept on that for a long time. And I think in the end, not I think, I know, in the end it was the wrong decision to keep on pushing it. He explains that they were still independent at the time and thought multiplayer would make it a more interesting game to sell to publishers. Justin Britch, head of development, added that they changed it to focus on the things that they're best at obsidian also said they worked to find the right balance between taking things from the pillars of eternity universe and creating a new game that is more approachable and they say they focus on unique bespoke content deep systems and incredible storytelling that's focused on characters societies and factions and is a natural extension of all the things they care about as a studio so sam i think the big one here is uh, avowed was originally co-op but uh how are we feeling about these new avowed details uh, I think that it sounds like it's going to be better than it would have been had they not been acquired by Microsoft because they were trying to make it into a multiplayer game that in a time that multiplayer is becoming a bigger and bigger part, or at least it was a couple of years ago, becoming a bigger and bigger part of what publishers had wanted. Um, now they don't have to do that. They don't really have to cater. But, you know, I'm sure that you're probably thinking the same thing. But looking at the devs of Redfall here where. You know, sometimes you've got to do what you're good at. You know, Mm -hmm. like if all of a sudden you and I started a cooking podcast, I don't know about you, probably wouldn't. Yeah, probably wouldn't (laughs) be too good of a show, but we're really good at talking about Xbox and we're really good at talking about games. So, um, 
yeah, I think that sticking to what you know and sticking to what you are passionate about as a studio versus trying to chase the trends. Um, you know, we see Ubisoft doing this a little bit today where they were just trying to go after Battle Royale. Let's make, mm -hmm. you know, whatever competitor we can make. Now they are going back to we're focusing on Assassin's Creed. We're focusing on Rainbow Six and we're going to do what we do well, really well. Uh, and I think that that is what Avowed's going to be. My question is, is any of that residual multiplayer going to be present and visible in the game where it's like, oh, like Gotham Knights, where I see what they were going to do here, but Four they never player. finished it. And, yeah, yeah, and then they and then they pivoted. So, like, is any of that going to be kind of lingering in the final version? Yeah, I'm really excited for Avowed. Uh, I think Obsidian is is kind of carrying this generation uh, on their back for Xbox Game Studios in a lot of ways. Um, I know T TJI in the chat here says co-op sounds good, but fair enough. One thing they need to do with about is step up the graphics. That game doesn't look so pretty. And I, I wanted to point that out because I got to say, if you think Obsidian is going to make a visually stunning game, that's the wrong studio to go for. That is not their bread and butter. They're not the high fidelity like a ninja theory or something like a naughty dog over a playstation like that is not what about goes for they are all about the storytelling the world building the the gameplay is going to shine here and from what we've seen from Avowed, I'm excited. I think it looks like a good RPG. We know it's not quite the scale that everyone originally thought, like a Skyrim-esque. It's, it's more of a scaled-back thing, kind of like the Outer Worlds was. But to your point, Sam, as you said, are we going to see the residuals of, of co-op being left over? I know a lot of people after the reveal trailer at the Xbox Showcase thought the game was multiplayer because there's, there's a bunch of uh, trailer moments where you see your party with you, where you see other characters rolling with you and everyone was like oh this this has it maybe has some co-op element maybe it does have multiplayer and i think that is kind of already being shown like maybe they took that and it was like instead of co-op what if we just have a party to flesh out the world more they kind of pivoted and and as they said redirected their approach from we could have a different player be this person or we can use it to to just flesh things out a little more yeah, I would agree with that. And I think that um, what I'm excited about is the fact that it is going to be a single player experience as somebody who plays a ton of single player games. Mm -hmm. Like I primarily play solo. I don't really play games with many other people. So um, I think that it sounds like it was early enough. This pivot was early enough that a lot of the game came together after they chose this different direction. And so I think it's going to be less trying to shove a round peg into a square hole and more of this is just the game that we chose to make. Turns out it was originally going to be a multiplayer game. It's kind of like Fortnite, where it was going to be like a base defense game, and then they turned it into this battle royale craze. Like, it's a pivot, and you can't really tell that it was that much of a pivot at the end of the day when you look at it at, like, a grand scale. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I think it's going to be good. Yeah, so one one thing that i thought was interesting here was that he talked about like the need to pitch it to publishers and multiplayer being the more uh, appealing thing to publishers and this is when they were independent and i know lord cognito always talks about this but like he's always in favor of these acquisitions because it lets the developers make the games they want to make and it sounds like this is the case for avowed but as you were saying we gotta then look at the other studios and we're like why wasn't arcane given the same sort of all right, guys, like let's let's let you do what you want here because we know 
they're not the only ones that have made a multiplayer game for Game Pass or tried to look more appealing uh, in a, the mainstream. If you look at a game like uh, Nobody Saves the World, which I love from from last year, that's over at Drinkbox. Microsoft went to them when they made the Game Pass deal, and they were there on record saying this, and they're like, they asked for co-op to be in the game. They're like, can you make it a multiplayer experience? So in some way, Microsoft still finds value in that multiplayer and co-op experience, especially for Game Pass. Yeah, I think that Redfall's a different situation. I was reading Jason Schreier's article on it, I think, uh, whenever he did like his big expose on the, the post-mortem of Redfall. And I think that it depends on where the control is coming from. Like Microsoft recommending a co-op mode in a game, I think is okay, as long as if the devs say no, they're like, all right, figured we'd ask. You know, it's a, like you got to shoot your shot uh, just to see if you can get something that fits in the Game Pass rhythm. But with Redfall, it sounds like the holdup was at the studio management level, where it was a middle manager, if you want to put it that way, that wasn't from Xbox, but it was at Arcane, where they said, this is the direction the studio is going. And so, you know, it's not necessarily something you can blame Microsoft for or directly, you know, tie it back to, to Xbox in any way. But then that brings up the other conversation of like, but Bethesda is owned by Microsoft now. How much oversight and meddling should Microsoft have in these operations? Because mm -hmm. arguably, if Matt Booty or somebody else was brought in to look at Redfall on a deeper level, they probably would have said, whoa, this looks like hot garbage. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of a uh, lot of intricacies with that when you're trying to figure out who's responsible. Yeah, we know Xbox and, and studios have said this, that they have a really hands-off approach for, for a lot of their developers. And it'll be interesting to see when Activision Blizzard gets acquired, uh, because I know a lot of people have this the pie-in-the-sky dream of like uh, studios being freed from the Call of Duty machine. And, and we've kind of discussed that in the past, how we don't think that's really going to happen. Um, Obsidian kind of seems to be able to do what they want. And I don't know if it's because they've earned goodwill or it's it's some other factor that Microsoft is, has just kind of been like, you guys can make the games you want to make. We're just going to pay for it. I would like to see that extended to all studios. Yeah. And I, I think that there's a healthy level of of it's almost like parenting in a way. Not that I'm a parent, not that I have a child, but like looking at how my parents raised me, there was a comfortable level of hands off with it where you intervene whenever you start doing something a little off, you know, mm -hmm. like if I'm running off and like getting drunk in the middle of the night, parents are like, Hey, you shouldn't do that. But if I'm just out there, like having a good time, a little bit home, a little bit late doing my own thing, parents are like, Oh, whatever. So Microsoft should implement the same thing where if all of a sudden three, four, three is like, Hey, we want to make a chess game. They're like, well, I don't know about that. How <laughs> about you? How about you stick to halo? You know, like I think there's gotta be a comfortable level of firmness with it. But also, like you said, giving people the leeway to do what they really want if it was multiplayer versus single player or something on that same kind of level. Uh, TGI in the chat says, no, they can't all make what they want, LOL. These studios are bought for a reason. Xbox needs to be able to step in and keep some of these games in check. I, I, I agree to a certain extent. Creatively and like story-wise, I just, I don't know. I worry about Microsoft kind of looking at games as a, business decisions instead of creativity which is i never want anyone to be stifled creatively you know no, what I'm I, and I, I think i totally i totally agree with that and i think that the perfect example of them doing that is obsidian where i think that being acquired by microsoft gives them additional resources that they can scale up and say hey you're going to be working on a vowed but i heard you guys wanted to make pentiment so we're going to throw pentiment mm -hmm. your way and you can do your own thing 
I don't know if Pentiment was a financial success by any means. I can't it imagine was, it was. Yeah, but it was clearly something that they wanted to make and that they had a passion for. And so I think that's great where if 343 did want to make that chess game, as long as they're still killing it with Halo, then go make it. Sure, whatever. Run wild with it. You know, I, I think that there's a good balance there. Can you just imagine the uh, Xbox showcase trailer for a chess game from 343? Okay, that listen, I'm going to be real with you. The more that I'm talking about this, the more that I like the idea of like a banished versus UNSC Halo it's like, board. It's like Halo Wars, but chess. Like, I think like the, the big Harry Potter uh, statue uh, scene from um, Sorcerer's Stone, but with like Arbiter yes. versus Chief. All right, we're getting there. Yeah. We're workshopping this a little bit. Yeah. All right. Well, send send us the, uh, the blank check, Microsoft. We'll fill it out for you and take it to the bank. I'm excited for Avowed. I, I think the studio knows what to do, and uh, we'll see it next year. Where, where, just curious, Sam, where where you fall? Is Avowed early 2024 or late 2024? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I would say my gut says like May, but mm. I could easily see it being a late 2024. I guess it kind of all depends on the way the rest of the calendar falls. Like, does Hellblade have a definitive date yet? No, 2024. So like I could see Hellblade being the spring game and then Avowed being the fall game because they're but while they're different, they're similar in vibe. Like it's a dark, gritty kind of like sci-fi fantasy situation, I guess. I don't I know. I think it's gonna be the opposite. I think, you think a, so. I yeah. think Avowed hits first and Hellblade hits later. Which is I sad think, for me because yeah. I'm more excited for Hellblade, but yeah, I think I'm more excited for Hellblade. I think that it's also Hellblade. Both of these games in the grand scheme of things are still niche in a lot of ways. Like it's not going mm -hmm. to be setting the world on fire, like having a new Call of Duty or a new God of War coming out. Um, so I think the Hellblade right now is probably the bigger IP for them to put out. But um, yeah, either way, I'm cool with it. Thrack in the chat is with us says Halo chess will be fired. Right. That's what I'm saying. Let's go, guys. All right, we got everyone on board. Let's go into story number two, though. Is a new Xbox Series X in development. This rumor comes via Nick over at Xbox Era. Uh, according to Nick, Microsoft is currently planning to release a digital-only version of the Series X. Nick also states Microsoft is planning for more Xbox hardware in 2025, but did not elaborate further. So, Sam, an all-digital Xbox Series X is something uh, you'd be interested in. No, um, it, it just isn't. I don't see a need for this. And I think that right now we are just getting to the point where the consoles are kind of coming out at a steady clip where you have a steady stream of Series X's and Series S's. And I think that the more complex you make the console lineup, the harder you make it for grandma to buy a console at Christmas time, because ultimately that's my that's my example of like who you're trying to sell consoles to. Like, how is grandma Marianne? going to be in target where she's like all right so you can get the series s digital you can get the series x with the disc drive or you can get the series x with no disc drive but it's the same as the x but it's also kind of like the s and she's like i don't know i'm gonna get a PS5. also you can get the s black with more storage uh, yes and then she's like what's it what's a terabit and then you've <laughs> got to explain that so um i i don't see the need for this i don't know if microsoft would do a digital series x because i think that's kind of like one of the selling points is you got the big one with a disc drive the small one without i think it just makes sense that way yeah, if they had offered this at launch, I would have gotten it because I just I don't care about disk drives. Like I have the all digital PS5. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. I know. <laughs> Me looking at my big shelf of games right here. Would this digital X be white, man? I would love if it was because I think white consoles look so much better than than oh, the, yeah. the black consoles. But 
for me, I'm having a hard time believing this rumor, um, mainly because I do think it is a, a lot of not only confusion, but it goes into the we like to have two options. And if you have a digital Series X, that's what's, let's say $100 cheaper to match the, the digital PS5, right? That's only a hundred dollars more than the Series S at that point, right? Like three hundred versus four hundred. So why not just get the Series? You would basically cannibalize the Series S at that point and make it irrelevant. Like why even bother having it? Yeah, and I think that another option there is like if they wanted to reevaluate the entire line of Xbox consoles, they could follow in what PlayStation is rumored to be doing, where you have one digital console and then you sell an attachment or an external disk drive or whatever for the people that did want the physical option. But, uh, you know, we've still yet to see that from PlayStation, if that is, in fact, going to be happening at all. I mean, we're looking at middle of August is, is rearing its head right now. I can't imagine a holiday release for a new model of the PlayStation 5 without mm -hmm. uh you know like it just doesn't make any sense so all of that conversation to the side uh i just don't see i i don't see this happening it's hard to believe it thrack in the chat says nick typically gets good info but this could be 2025 to compete with future ps5 revisions or they get rid of the series s well there's no reality where they get rid of the series s because they build it as like if you get this console it is a next gen console we're going to support this through the lifespan of the the current gen we're currently in so getting rid of the series s isn't an option you would you would get rid of the majority of your current gen player base yeah i think a pro xbox series x like if they whatever the name is going to be for that i think that if you're looking at 2025 2026 maybe you could see like a console revision but we already have we talked about this last week where phil spencer said recently the x is the pro model like the s is what they consider to be the entry level of the generation and then the X is your elite next level experience that packs that extra punch. So, um, you know, we'll see. But I think right now they're just getting to the point where they're caught up on production in general to where you can just buy one when you want one. Yeah, the, the only reason I think uh, digital consoles for Xbox really makes sense is we, we see they're not really selling physical anymore like if you go off i know they don't report that in the the us for for mpd or whatever but i i always see those stats like 80 percent of physical sales in the uk are on playstation right and it's like xbox doesn't really seem to have a foothold in that market at the current moment we know some of their games like don't even like hi-fi rush doesn't even have a, a physical right so they are kind of pushing people more towards like all digital and game pass is obviously all digital and that's kind of where they want people to go so in that regard i get why they would want a digital console i just don't think we see it this generation like we're already in the middle of it i don't really think it makes sense to make the series x digital at this point yeah and i wonder what the reaction is going to be whenever it does eventually happen because it's coming where we do have like i mean we're seeing it now with the ps5 digital and the series s where what happens when they announce a generation that really doesn't have a disc drive i mean obviously you're gonna have your physical guys like me that are like ah i can't play my backwards compatible games anymore that really sucks but also is it going to be kind of like the iphone headphone jack where for a year everybody was like oh god my headphone jack is gone now I don't even think about it. I just do what I need to do, and it's a non-issue. So mm -hmm. um, it'll be an interesting day when they eventually do say, whoever the competitor is, hey, can't put a disc in here anymore. I think we are at least 10 plus years away from not having physical like 
the internet infrastructure in the United States just does not allow that like data caps and people would not be able to play games in a lot of the, the regions. So I think uh, Thrack in the chat, could this be the last jam with disk drives? Maybe disk drives that are like the standard you might have to buy a disk drive, which is kind of what like the rumor Sony is doing, where it's a digital console, pay us $50 or $100 or whatever, and get a disk drive you plug in. Like I can see that becoming the norm very, like next gen doesn't seem too far-fetched yeah. for that. Yeah, I think you could totally do it. And if they do it the right way, you could make it to where it is something that like plugs in almost like the external expansion cards that they have now to where it's just an mm -hmm. attachment you put on your console. I don't know what that looks like functionally. Oh, that'd be so ugly. But, well, I mean, I'm just imagining like the Series X, but you put like a little hat on it and then it opens up and you can put like your disc in the top, whatever you yeah. want to call it. But um, but like you could do stuff like that. So I'll be physical till the day that it's gone personally, just because I enjoy being able to like hold up a disc while I'm talking about it on a video or, or just mm -hmm. feeling that kind of stuff. But it's already dwindling. I mean, like Call of Duty games are basically keys on a disc at this point. There's not really any data there. It's just a token of, of nostalgia <laughs> for a lot of people. We, we need discs that hold 500 gigabytes is really... It yeah. is really what we need to do, yeah. And then yeah. games, physical games, will be one hundred twenty dollars. So, <laughs> you wanted this. <laughs> All right, Sam. Let's keep rolling. Uh, this one I included. People may be like, oh, "This isn't really Xbox related." I disagree. All right, I think this is very Xbox related and highlights an important Xbox feature. So, Red Dead Redemption non remaster is what I've, I've titled this in in the notes. Here it says controversy. So, Rockstar and Take Two have announced that Red Dead Redemption is coming to PlayStation Four and Switch on August seventeenth. However, this is not the rumored remastered version we've heard about for weeks. Instead, it's just a port to those two platforms. You may wonder why xbox is not included and the reason for that is very simple red dead redemption is already playable on xbox one and xbox series x and s via backwards compatibility and if you play it on the series x you get 4k resolution sam it's crazy man how are you feeling about red dead redemption so with me looking at this red dead news number one i talked about this on my channel i had made videos on it where i literally think i said in a podcast why would you update the logo if you don't intend to do anything significant with this game lo and behold they literally just are having the game ported to playstation i think the switch is cool i think that's mm -hmm. neat that switch players are going to be able to play it and it's getting a physical release like that makes sense cool with that but the fact that it's not improved in any significant way like it doesn't even run at 60 frames per second on the playstation 5 that is just almost like a slap in the face and then you're like hey how much should we charge for this how about 50 and they're like what 50 dollars that's insane but the backwards compatibility program on xbox continues to provide value and in moments like this i tweeted about it it literally negated the need for rockstar to release a game on this platform I'll be interested to see if they print more of that Xbox One physical version of Red Dead that includes Undead Nightmare on the disc because they have that bundle out there. I saw Captain Logan mm -hmm. from XEP post a picture of his copy that he got from GameStop or whatever. Um, but yeah, just almost offensive with this release at this point. I So I was never in favor, like a remaster I could have understood. Like, okay, especially it is a, a 360 game okay it's been long enough all right we got we got the last of us getting remastered every three years at this point so understand red dead might want to come back especially 
because it is one of the most like beloved games of all time. It's not a game I personally have any fond feelings for. I'm not a rock star guy. But the fact that they came out and was like, you know what? This isn't a remaster at all. I know the rumors. It's just a port. Nothing's going to change. It's not even Rockstar developing it. It's I don't even know the studio. Coming off the, the awful GTA trilogy remaster that they did, right? You think they would have been looking for some goodwill, some, some, some brownie points to earn them back some favor. Instead, they're like, port $50. Thank you very much. I have no idea what Take-Two and Rockstar are thinking with this. This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Again, Switch, cool, go get it. But for PlayStation, you guys are getting slapped in the face with this release. It's pretty bad. And I do think that I think I have more faith in the Red Dead Redemption port than I do the GTA uh, trilogy, because looking it up. So the trilogy definitive edition was by Wardrum Studios. And so this is going to be made by Double Eleven that was founded by former Rockstar developers. So it sounds like it's like they got some old friends back at the studio. They started partnering up. Maybe it's some people that worked on Red Dead. I don't know. Um, I think it's going to be a one to one recreation, but. I'm looking forward to the digital foundry comparison of like, here's the switch version compared to the new PS4 version compared to the PS3 version compared to the Xbox 360 running on series X version. Like not even a PS5 version. Like nah, why? Nothing. Why? <laughs> I mean, literally just if you're going to go to the trouble of porting it, don't improve the graphics, do nothing with it. Just make it 60 frames per second and people would have bought it. People would have mm-hmm. gone out and been much more willing to buy this on PlayStation 5, especially. Yes. But I think we've we've overlooked a big part of this conversation. The poor PC fans out there that have been waiting for 13 years to play Red Dead Redemption. The Switch is the version that's coming out. The PS4 is getting the port. Even just bringing the basic game to PC, letting people mod it to where it can run at 60 frames per second. Just a mind boggling drop of the ball on this one. It's just crazy to see. Uh, Shout out Xbox backwards compatibility program, saving people money. I think you can get that, that, what you were talking about, Sam, the the bundle with Red Dead and then Mm -hmm. Undead Nightmare. I think it's like 30 bucks. So, yeah, it's been as low as like 10 before, like you, especially on Black Friday. I think I've seen that in the Walmart ad like t- five times at this point where it's 10 bucks. You can go pick it up. So if you're going to any gaming conventions or small town gaming stores, you can find copies of Red Dead for like 10, 15 bucks. No problem. So you can get a better version of the game for cheaper. Yep. 100%. Seems seems fair. It doesn't seem like they're they're screwing their PlayStation fans at all. No, not at all. All right, Sam, let's go to some listener questions to round out the show. So question number one comes from It's Kyle. He says, do you think Xbox should just fully commit to PC mobile integration? I would love to play all my games on my ROG Ally, but only a select few are play anywhere. Why not make that the standard and be able to access my whole library? I mean, yeah, I think that this is something they should absolutely get into. And I think uh, the clarification PC to mobile, I would assume that's just is that stream? Well, what's the intent there? Like PC to streaming or how's that work? But like mm-hmm. in, in general, the Xbox Play Anywhere program, I would love to see it to where I can play all of my Xbox games on my PC in the same way that I'm going to be able to play Starfield no matter what and also play everything on cloud gaming like this unanimous trifecta of where I can play my Xbox games. It would be cool to have this 
just digital access library. But I think what you run into is with examples from third parties, like we've been talking about Rockstar, where if you do have Red Dead Redemption on your Xbox, that's a bad example, GTA on your Xbox, you have to go through them and say, hey, if somebody has this on your Xbox, can they play it on PC? And they're going to be like, nah, I want them to buy it seven times everywhere they want to play it. Um, I think you'll probably end up seeing it more and more with first party games, Starfield being a really good example of that. Um, but yeah, I would love to see it and, uh, and see them access the whole library. Yeah. I think this, this question is a little, um, I understand the intent. So Xbox has fully committed, like their first party games are play anywhere. Like that is a, a an initiative that they've set in, in place. So you can play all first party games you own or on game pass on any device that supports that, like the ROG ally. Third party is where we we get into some issues. And it's really interesting, the games that like are third party play anywhere, where like I have things like Scarlet Nexus from Bandai Namco, but I don't have Tales of Arise, which came out like months apart. I, I have Yakuza like a dragon and like a dragon Ishin, but I don't have other Sega titles on there that I own. Like uh, it's just a very strange thing i know a lot of indies do get that play anywhere moniker like there's a full list you can look on true true achievements it isn't that many especially when you're like oh what are the notable games there's one final fantasy game on there i think it's nine which is like okay why is nine on there and none of the other final fantasy games on, on play anywhere so it's this really weird program that i i think a lot of people kind of forget about and i feel like xbox has kind of forgotten about it for for their partners not for themselves but trying to get that for for other people it seems very not at the top of their mind yeah i also wonder what it's like in the negotiations whenever they're talking to third parties like is it like when i'm checking out a GameStop and they try to sell me a credit card where they're like hey you know that final fantasy game mm -hmm. glad to have 16 coming to xbox would you want to put it on play anywhere today and save 20 percent? and you're like nah i'm good next time next time and then they just keep on rolling with it so i don't know who's responsible for making it not happen but something out there that definitely is yeah i imagine xbox has to pay them because why would they give up like oh we can sell it twice or we can just like you know yeah, companies are going to want some more money so i assume xbox has to give some sort of financial incentive for them to enter the play anywhere program because they are losing potential pc sales if they do that yeah and how many people are really like i know we would we will take advantage of the play anywhere but how what percentage of the players will actually use the play anywhere is it worth the extra 50k or whatever to get 17 people or however many end up playing these some of these games on anywhere i'm i'm hoping with the i'm hoping with the rise of uh pc handhelds like the steam deck the rg ally we know lenovo might be making one as well i'm hoping we kind of see them be like oh this is like something we can capitalize on like make these like the rg ally is, is very much like i've called the xbox handheld and i kind of feel like it is an xbox handheld for for a lot of ways because like i don't think xbox needs a handheld when you have this running around this does everything that you would want that to do so yeah let's let's hope they double down and, and kind of commit to that a little more but i'm not i'm not holding my breath on it yeah i would agree with that Thrack says, do you think GTA Online is tainted Rockstar? They used to be one of the best devs around. Also, you guys should play Lost Odyssey if you haven't. I have not played Lost Odyssey, but I will add it to the ongoing list of hundreds of games that I need to get back to. Um, I don't necessarily think that GTA Online has tainted Rockstar, but at the same time, I do think that 
the success of GTA Online over time and subsequently through the years, the lack of like really hearty, meaty content coming into the game without the degradation of how much money is coming into it. Like they put out less content and continue to drive tons of revenue. So maybe seeing that is kind of like the Call of Duty effect where we've got Modern Warfare 3 coming out. It's effectively a big expansion for Modern Warfare 2. And they're like, hey, give me $70 on November the 10th and everybody's going to go do it. Uh, and I think GTA Online is probably in that same regard where once the next GTA comes out, Online, I'm sure, is either going to get some kind of big port, big upgrade, engine upgrade, something like that. Online too, maybe. I don't know. Um, but they'll definitely be focused on like, how can we make the most money out of this versus exclusively thinking, what are the cool stories and characters we can show off in the new Grand Theft Auto? Uh, so I think it definitely has an impact on their perception of what their games are. GTA Online is an enigma to me because I, I own GTA 5. I've played some of it. I've played some of GTA Online and I just never understood the appeal. And then I see the sales and I think it just hit 185 million copies yep. sold or something. People got to be buying this game multiple times, first of all. Like, there's no way. This is, the rumored, like, install base for, for like, console players or whatever that Phil Spencer started about was, like, 300 million. And it's kind of been that way for years. So you're telling me, like, two-thirds of everyone that owns a console owns GTA Five? That is insane. Yeah, I don't know what the split is like on it, but, I mean... I think about the generic like dude coming home from work at the end of the day. And these are your like Call of Duty Madden NBA 2K players. Like if you just want an open world sandbox to where you can go steal somebody's Corvette, launch it off of a cliff, pull a hang glider and then just like do whatever you want in GTA online. It's the perfect open world sandbox to where you don't have to think about anything. You do whatever you want. And you've got like heist and things in there if you want to. Um, but the general appeal of Grand Theft Auto and that name recognition, I think, just continues to propel it. But uh, I agree with you with GTA Online and GTA 5 in general. Like, it's cool. I get it. I'm not the guy that keeps coming back to it. Yeah, no, I think it's made Rockstar and Take Two kind of be like, we don't really need to put out games as often. Like they used to put out games all the time, like every yeah. two years. And now it's like, uh, yeah, how many generations has it been? Two? Uh, maybe next time. We we got you. We got you in the third third generation. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, if you look at like Grand Theft Auto Three, Vice City, and San Andreas. How big of a graphical leap were those games between each other? I mean, you know, on the flip side, to play devil's advocate, if we did get a new GTA every two years, would we be on this podcast complaining about how the last GTA wasn't any different than the other GTA? Probably. Like, yeah, I, I'm hoping that, duty. yeah, like I'm hoping that the next big GTA that comes out is like a graphical visual leap. It's got more complex systems in it within reason, like things that are measurable improvements versus just ah it's another gta in a miami this time or whatever yeah no i understand i i agree gta is something i will never understand but it sells gangbusters so let's keep it rolling terrible ask uh tons of questions here i don't we'll go through them i don't know we might have answered some of these already but one now that Baldur's gate 3 is out 94 on metacritic i think it's a 97 now actually uh game of the year contender how much of an l is this for xbox on the scale of one to ten uh i'm gonna give it a i'm gonna give it a seven i would give it a seven to an eight because I think that um, I'm also speaking as somebody who respects Baldur's Gate 3. I will never play this. Same. 
I will never buy it. I don't care. It's just not my thing. Now, my girlfriend, or actually my fiance now, uh, in the other room, she's all over Baldur's Gate 3. She wants it. She's like, I need it. And I'm like, bad news, babe, not on Xbox. And so just devastated. So I see both sides of it. But um, I would say it's an eight just missing out on that hype level right there. Um, but also when it eventually does get running, it's almost like Stray. I'm looking at my other monitor where Stray is out right now on Xbox. It's kind of like a second wave where it's going to bring more attention to all versions of Baldur's Gate once it eventually hits Xbox. So it's a temporary L that will eventually turn into a, oh yeah, forgot it wasn't on Xbox for six months kind of situation. Yeah, I think I think it's, I'm going to go with the six just because I think Baldur's Gate right now is like the the hot item but are we really going to care when Starfield comes out? Like, I think the Xbox community will be fine. I understand this is like a, a big game that, that we're missing out on for a few months, but I think it'll be okay. So I'm going to go with a six. I obviously would have been better to have a day one or at least same day PlayStation is getting it, which is the same day Starfield comes out. So I don't know about that, but I don't, I don't think it's the end of the world. I also, completely underestimated Baldur's Gate. I swear to God, I never heard anyone talk about Baldur's Gate before Baldur's Gate 3 came out, and now nobody will stop talking about it. And I even had a comment on Reddit get tagged as aged like milk, or aged, yeah, aged like milk, because I, I said Final Fantasy 16 will be a bigger game than Baldur's Gate 3, which is a niche title. Uh, yeah, I look like a moron. I mean, I didn't think it was as big as it is now. You know, I, I was in the same boat as you. But does the PS5 version of Baldur's Gate 3 really come out on the same day as Starfield? Yeah, September 6th, I believe. I didn't realize that in, in that case, I think that the fact that it's not coming to Xbox kind of a win, honestly, for like the marketing team behind Baldur's Gate Alarian, where they're like, we got out of the way of Starfield. Like it sucks right now for the Xbox players in this little in-between time. But if you were to get Baldur's Gate 3 and Starfield on the same day, not to say they cannibalize each other, but like how does Xbox market that on Twitter when they're like, hey, Starfield's out now. By the way, Baldur's Gate 3. <laughs> like yeah. One's on Game Pass, one you got to buy. Yeah. yeah, like it's. I think that this will probably end up being better for Larian in the long run if it comes out in like January whenever there's a dry spell. I think it's probably going to be a, a good thing. And Xbox should, if I've seen people, you know, people say this all the time, you should get a better version because they'll be able to fix all the bugs and, and tweaks and everything. So maybe we'll see how well it runs. If it, uh, if they're trying to make concessions for the Xbox series X and S, if that thing runs a little rough just to get it out the door, kind of nervous about that, but I doubt they would do that. So his second question, Starfield is launching and we all know it will sell extremely well. Do you think Xbox needs to go harder in the marketing department to announce to the world we're back? A few of my casual friends haven't really seen or heard much about Starfield. I think we kind of touched on the marketing last week for mm -hmm. Starfield. And I will say, I've seen more Starfield marketing this week. Like I, I've seen ads for Starfield this week. I haven't seen any ads myself, but I also haven't been on like social media a lot. Still off Twitter, just not feeling being over there in that chaos right now. Um, but uh, I do think that I'm ready to see more. I hope that I see more in the next couple of weeks. And uh, I'm hoping that that hype machine starts rolling uh, again. Do they need to market it? beyond the core gaming audience like how many casual players are going to be like ah starfield's the game i want to pick up right now um you know i think that they probably need to dial in on who that audience is because they've got people like us that are in the podcasting community but do you have you know homeboy and gamestop that's looking at stuff in the clearance rack that looks up at the gamestop monitor and he's like oh okay so like that's how you gotta 
you got to figure out who you're talking to. But hoping to see more of it in the next couple of weeks. I'm definitely uh, surprised if we don't. I think Premier League is starting tomorrow. I think the NFL season, preseason season will be starting soon. So I expect to see some some ads, right? Yeah, football starts. Uh, actually, it started last Thursday, but there are games on tonight. So I would not be shocked to see. I also don't have cable. So I, I guess I'm living on an island now. I don't know. Well, I've heard NFL Sunday ticket is now exclusively on YouTube TV. So. Uh, I, I believe it is, and it's also still like 120 bucks. So don't think I'm gonna. I think, be doing I think that's a little cheap, actually. I think it's like 300 something. Is it dollars. really? Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. It's Shout crazy. out to my parents' NFL login with their cable that I use. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, number three, as it stands now, PS5 to Xbox Series X is two to one, roughly. Did you expect this to be the case this generation at any point in time? How do you think it will play out numbers-wise by the end of this generation? I mean, I think that this is probably what I expected personally going into the generation because you're coming off of a console with a PlayStation 4 that earned so much mindshare and won over so many players from start to finish that whenever people are going into Target or GameStop or Walmart picking out their console, they're going to go with what they're comfortable with. And, you know, to your point about um, or to the point about backwards compatibility with the new Nintendo Switch that will eventually come out that's been confirmed to kind of be in development. Um they've got to have that digital library built up. And a lot of people built that on the PlayStation 4. And so you bring over hundreds of games from the console you had. It does make the most sense to go with the PS5. So I think two to one, roughly, kind of a good point to be in right now because that's better than the Xbox One generation. Mm -hmm. You know, you had like horrible ratios with that. So uh, I think this is a really good comeback. And I think that you'll continue to see that kind of shift as we get more games out. Um, you know, I think we talked last week about uh, I had a wild prediction about how we are going to catch up to where they'll be neck and neck by the end of the generation. If the games hit, it mm -hmm. all depends on the games. I exactly what you just said. I, I don't know if we'll, we'll catch up, but it will be a lot closer if, mm -hmm. if every game, if about Fable, Hellblade to the Outer Worlds, like if all these games start coming out in high 80s, 90s, like then we're going to catch up because people yeah. will be unable to ignore yeah, when the, the Redfall 60 FPS patch hits, when, it's yeah. over. It's it's over. <laughs> Say your prayers, PlayStation. Redfall 60 FPS is coming to town. Spider-Man who? Never heard of him. Redfall 60 FPS is back. It's oh over. my god. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, the AI doesn't know you're standing there when you're in front of them, but it's time to time to take PlayStation down. Oh god. All right. Uh fourth question. PS5 now is 4K streaming. Why does Xbox not have any? I assume you mean 4K streaming cuz Xbox yeah. has streaming. Yeah. This so I was hoping this conversation would come up. I personally feel just based on like the way that the last couple of weeks has gone between the longer loading times on cloud gaming and the lack of this 4K support, which does seem like something Microsoft would have by now because they have the partnership with Samsung where cloud gaming is on TVs. I'm perceiving like they're backing away a little bit off of cloud gaming and saying this might not be as big of a part of the future of our strategy as we mm -hmm. think that it is. And you could even go all the way back to Project Keystone, where the streaming dongle stick device, the little small baby console, nowhere to be found. And Phil Spencer's like, we didn't get it down to the price point that we wanted for it to release. So I'm kind of seeing a back off of cloud gaming to where Sony's doubling down on it, kind of following the leader in the space, if you will where they're like, hey, we beat him to the punch and got 4K. You beat him to the punch for what? You know, how many people are really playing cloud gaming? We've seen commentary from the uh, from the hearings as well, where they're just like, 
it's not as big as people think that it is. And we're kind of like breaking even, maybe making a little bit of money on it. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to bring up was the we, we saw during the Activision Blizzard, uh, the FTC case, right, where they were like, this is a part of the market this it hasn't kind of blossomed into the full-blown like it's its own thing that we we expected it to so right now like does it make sense for xbox to push into 4k when there's other initiatives like growing consoles growing game pass getting games out i i'm kind of okay with cloud staying at a lower 1080p resolution if that gives you a better experience as well. Like, I don't know what the, I haven't done the 4k streaming on PlayStation. I'm not in the beta. I've done normal streaming on PlayStation through, I had PS now when it, when it was PS now. And I played the entirety of the Sly Cooper uh, quadrilogy on PS now. And then I played, I think, I think I played a ratchet game on PS now as well. And it worked fine enough. It was like seven, it was seven twenty P there weren't many hitches. Like it was okay. And then when they transitioned to PlayStation plus premium, where the streaming is now locked behind the streaming got so much worse. Like I, it basically unplayable. I tried to play heavenly sword. Um, and it, it was unplayable for me. And it's like same internet, like my internet's probably better now. Actually I have higher speeds. So, I know they recently redid their whole data centers and they're expanding it. So like mm. PlayStation is making a move into the cloud, which is why they, I think they're going for the 4k. I don't really know if it matters all that much. Like I personally don't care 4k 1080, like either one is fine with me, especially if you're a cloud gamer, like is that where you're going to draw the line <laughs> resolution? Really? Yeah. Like yeah. of all things. I think that for me, like whenever I see the the 4K gaming idea thrown around, anytime I'm playing anything in 4K, it's in the living room on the big screen with the HDR, TVs off, headphones on. Like it's the full cinematic experience if you want to go with that. And I just can't imagine a point. Like obviously you can test games out without having to download them and all of that. Mm -hmm. But if you're somebody like me who's like dedicated to a game when I boot it up and I'm not just jumping around testing stuff most of the time, why would I choose the cloud gaming version over downloading everything with all of the data that isn't going to be at risk of like dropping frames or bitrate all of a sudden going from 4K to 160p? Like, I just don't know the use case for this beyond bouncing around in PlayStation Plus trying to find your next game. Tom says Sony's still using Azure for their cloud services, right? I think I so. I thought they were. I I don't honestly know. I all I saw was the the story about I think they called it Project Kronos or whatever was their new data center initiative. I don't know if they're still using that or if they've transitioned away from it. Um, some maybe maybe no limits can talk about that this weekend when they record. Uh, go over there and ask them, Tom. But um, yeah, I I really don't care all that much about cloud streaming. I I know it's it's a very small use case and. I'm sure Xbox will get 4K at some point. It's just yeah. a matter of time. I mean, I think it'll come. But again, at what point do they say, you know, it's good enough for the audience that we've got? Not to say they shouldn't continue to nurture it, but like, is it going to be a focus for them in five years? Probably to what degree, TBD. Mm -hmm. uh, last question I think we've answered before, but it says, which Xbox first party game? Oh, do you think it's going to surprise everyone from their new studios? Ooh, surprise everyone. I think that um, Clockwork Revolution 
I think I was it's what say it's that one. I was yeah, say I think that. that one. It has the potential to be like a really cool time shift Bioshock uh, combination, and I think that could be really neat. So it's probably probably my pick right there. That was. I think that is the the answer because uh, like people expect a lot from Hellblade too, right? Like that yeah. is as Avowed has some hype. Like Clockwork Revolution, I think came out of nowhere and does have the ability to if it delivers to take people by surprise, just like the trailer did. So that was, that was my answer as well, but yeah, definitely Sam, that is all we have for this week. Thanks for rocking with me. Another week down. You want to let people know where they can find you over on the socials for sure. You can find me at jam pack Sam on all of the various social media platforms. YouTube's popping off. We hit 14,000 subs Ooh. this week over on YouTube. Uh, so excited about that. And we keep on, uh, keep on rolling on the content train, put out some good stuff this week and we got more on the way. But uh, yeah, TikTok, Instagram, all that stuff. You can find me over there. Threads as well. Got to pimp the threads because I'm still over there rocking that. Mm. Uh, being the gaming news guy over there. So looking forward to seeing you, uh, some of you guys over there. Uh, you can find me in the Discord. Come come join the Discord. Links down below. Uh, you can also find me still rocking over on X. All right. X, oh. I'm give it to you. Okay. Uh, at the Muffin Mon, it's a 17i and 07a. Follow us at Save Game Media over on X. Uh, can we just call it Twitter? Like, I, I've been calling it Twitter. Yeah. All right. We're on Twitter. All right. Go yeah. or find us on Twitter. Uh, make sure to get the entries in for the Starfield and Spider-Man 2 giveaways. Uh, I'll pimp that because I don't know if No Limits has been doing it. They should be doing it. I don't know if they're doing it. That's my failing as a CEO. Anyway, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. <laughs>